0: All content discussed on Hypochondriactor are the individual opinions of Dr. Priyanka Wally and Sean Hayes and should not be construed as personalized medical advice. By listening to this podcast, you agree not to use this podcast as medical advice to treat any medical condition in either yourself or others. Consult your own physician for any medical issues that you may be having. This entire disclaimer also applies to any guests or contributors to the podcast.
1: I'm Dr. Priyanka Wally, medical
0: doctor and stand-up comedian. And I'm Sean Hayes, actor and hypochondriac. It's safe to say that I'm not America's first hypochondriac, but I am America's first actor.
1: Are we doing this? We're doing this. Hello. We're doing this. I mean, we've
0: come this far. Let's
2: do this.
1: Scott, darling, how are you? It's so nice to see you.
2: It is fantastic to see you again. Uh, I'm doing really well. I just got back from a little vacation. My kids had spring break from their school. Oh nice. Yeah. So we ran down to uh this sweet little town called uh, Seaside in Florida. Okay. Seaside is it's this little bucolic they shot the movie um uh Truman show there.
1: Oh really? Oh yeah. interesting. So okay. it has this
2: kind of otherworldly, kind of perfect, quaint, um there's a little town square with great restaurants and stuff. It was really charming and wonderful and um and yeah, I got a you know some sun on my face and living I in that. I see
1: that you're glowing. You have this glowing. nice glowy tan, and it's just very, very. I'm I'm getting warm just looking at
2: you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for saying so, because all of our Ugh. listeners can't take in the um, the glowing tan of my face. But um, how about you? How how how's your week been?
1: I have been uh, working. Um, I've been doing more journaling recently. I woke up. I actually woke up this morning. And my jaw was sore, and whenever my jaw sore, and I know that means I was grinding my teeth in the night. Right. And whenever that happens, I know then it's an opportunity I need to journal and like just get out whatever is going on, like my frustrations, my stresses. Mm-hmm. Uh, if there's anything making me angry, um. So I I so I woke up this morning and I was like, oh, my jaw sore. That means I'm grinding my teeth. I'm I'm clearly angry about something. So I did right. some journaling and I got it all out, and now I'm feeling like pretty pretty mellow about everything.
2: Good. That's so yeah. good. Do you, I don't know if this is too personal a question, but do you no, no. now or have you ever worn a night guard?
1: Yeah, night? sometimes. So, so I don't have a night guard per se, but, um, I had braces. So I have a, I, I sometimes wear my retainer, which is like a fake night guard. Yeah. But, um, you know, I don't, I don't grind that often. It's mm-hmm. really like once every couple of years, okay. you know, it's like super infrequent, um, and i haven't actually been fitted for a mouth guard do you have a mouth guard do I you do. grind your teeth oh you grind your teeth too oh my yes. god we're grinders <laughs> we're
2: grinders of the many things that we share in common the list is uh-huh. growing yeah and it's and it's you know it it is circumstantial you know yeah. it's circumstantially yeah. related when there's stressful things or
1: exactly yeah
2: big thinking going on i find exactly. that exactly um, but i do wear i try and and wear it when i know that i'm in one of those places
1: um yeah. because
2: uh-huh. you know obviously it's good for your teeth and your and your jaw um but yeah the journaling is something that i i just feel like is so essential mm-hmm. and i wish i were more diligent about it.
1: Well, I think it's really great that you at least you have enough self awareness to know like, hey, I'm entering a stressful period. It's time to put on the mouth guard. You're sort of like anticipating you have that self awareness. But I'm curious, Scott, what do you do then when you get really stressed out? How do you relieve the stress? Like what kinds of things do you do?
2: Yeah, I appreciate you asking, but I feel like it's a time where there's just I don't know. It just seems like there's a lot of stress in the world right now. And I think so many people are dealing with this on various levels. I have increased by a lot my mindfulness practice. Yes, yes. So I do try and meditate every day. Um, the journaling is a huge piece of that. I feel yes. like as much as the the meditation can be this wonderful way to um, to you know calm the nervous system and center yourself and kind of I don't know get more present. Yes. There's something about the journaling that just kind of unleashes.
1: Mm -hmm. these
2: thoughts and these feelings and ideas that really would have no other way to find their way out into your world.
1: Totally. Right? Yeah. I mean, it's so important to create space for those emotions, right? Um, Anything we repress, it just grows stronger, Right. right? And so by giving it space, it actually loosens its grip on us. Right. And, you know, Dr. John Sarno talks a lot about this in his book, Mind, Body, Prescription, about how it's the repression of certain emotions, the lack of acknowledgement that eventually then leads to physical symptoms, you know? so
2: feel your feelings.
1: Feel your feelings, just feel them, you know?
2: Yeah, I, I find myself, my wife is big on, you know, as much as a meditation practice is so valuable, her thing is, Meditation doesn't necessarily have to take long form. You know, you can just yeah. find a moment in a day to just breathe and center yourself. And
1: exactly. I find myself
2: doing that a lot uh, during incredibly stressful moments.
1: But you know what's not going to be stressful, Scott? Our guest today, Will, Who will Sasso. Be, is I'm most so- likely stress-free. Oh my gosh. I remember watching him when he was on Mad TV. And he was he was literally one of my favorite people on the show. He was amazing, so funny.
2: Hysterically funny. One of the funniest, most talented people. He's done, you know, his dramatic work is incredible too. So much. Yeah. I was I was lucky enough. We'll talk about this a little later. I was lucky enough to work with him a couple of years ago on a movie. And a wonderful guy, a delight as a human being and a hysterical person. So So excited to have him uh, with us today.
1: Yeah. Should we get to our listeners before we get to our guests?
2: We should hear from uh, our first caller, who is Steve.
3: This is Steve. I just wanted to say thank you for your podcast. It is amazing, entertaining, and I love it. Um, When I was about 15, I woke up in the middle of the night with uh, severe pain in my scrotum area and found out later after my parents took me to the emergency room that it was uh, testicular torsion, right. meaning the uh, the ball twisted in the sack or something like that. Anyway, they went to go get surgery. They said they had to go in through the ball sack and right. uh, shorten up one of the blood supply or the veins.
1: Uh-huh.
3: Uh, anyway, when the nurse wanted to shave my uh, pubic hair at the age of 15, I accidentally got an erection and it was very yeah. embarrassing. Yeah. Uh, needless to say, though, the surgery went well. And um, later on down the road, about 10 years later, I had a lovely, beautiful daughter. So everything mm. worked well with the surgery. Anyway, thank you so much and keep up the great work. We love you.
1: Oh, Deep. thank you, Steve. Thank you for calling with that. That's, A lot to
3: unpack there,
1: right? I mean, as someone who um, is male, how? Do, <laughs> how what's your react? Yeah, I mean, how? How does this story sit with you? And thank you, Steve, by the way, for sharing this. And I'm also very glad that that you're okay. Absolutely,
2: now. Steve. Thank you for sharing the story. And I have to say, Steve, I share this in common with you.
1: You've had testicular torsions. This tortions? is something God?
2: I went through. Yes, in high school.
1: Oh, my goodness. But
2: it sounds like mine was a little bit different and maybe a little bit less severe because mine didn't require okay. surgery. I was in high school. Okay. I was playing soccer at the time. And I I guess um, after practice one day, I started to feel uh, some pain there. And uh, when I got checked out, mm-hmm. they told me I had testicular torsion. Mm-hmm. But they gave me effectively like a little sling to add support. Mm-hmm. The big idea was that that extra support would allow the pressure to relieve, and it would just sort of self-correct. Mm. And thank goodness wow. it did. Mm-hmm. It was incredibly painful yes. while it was happening, but, yes. but wow! So, so what? So why why does it correct wow. sometimes? And then Steve had to have surgery.
1: Right. So first of all, it's interesting that you also had this because approximately one in four thousand males younger than twenty five. Get testicular torsion every year. Oh my goodness. So it's actually surprisingly very common in young right. males. And so there's a structure. So your testes is connected to your body through the structure called a spermatic cord. And the cord gets twisted the same way, you know, like if there was a pendant on a necklace and it got twisted around the necklace, um, that is kind of what happens in testicular torsion. And the severity, you know, if the testes is twisted for eight hours, you can lose blood supply and get irreversible damage. So that's why it's a surgical emergency. But sometimes if the twist isn't that bad, you can actually do it manually, but generally you want to like call, you want to go to the ER, call a specialist, like get surgically evaluated to not have irreversible right. damage. So you must have had just sort of like a a mile, like maybe one twist as opposed to like multiple twists.
2: That's I think right. And and what I recall was that I I could kind of manually make it-
1: untwisted, untwisted. Untwist
2: it, but then for some reason it was going back.
1: Yeah. Because, oh, because interesting. of whatever
2: had happened but then eventually within a, not too long a time i think it was under a week
1: uh-huh. wearing that
2: extra support it yeah. corrected itself but um but wow steve had to have yeah. surgery and then at what do you say 15 13 14 15 years old i think he was and and yeah. had uh, and then Went through the shaving.
1: Yeah, that I mean, that happens, right? Yes, it happens. Yes. And thank, thanks for sharing all of that. I'm curious. So generally, um torsion can be caused by like physical injury or exercise. Do you remember anything particular happening when you were in high school that like might have caused it to to twist?
2: I do think it was. It was. I was playing soccer, and it oh. was. Dur- it was during a practice that something must have happened because when I got home that night
1: uh-huh. is when it
2: started to wow. Um, to become clear yeah and then you know one side was much shorter shorter than the other and it was clear something was wrong so I did go get checked out Uh um thankfully the doctor who checked me out didn't feel like it was an emergency enough to go to the hospital and get surgery but it's scary now thinking back to know that just if it were a little bit worse maybe I would have had to actually have surgery
1: Right. I'm so glad that, you know, Steve, thank you for calling in about this because, you know, this is the thing. We share our stories and we realize we actually have a lot more in common, you know, and uh, I'm very glad that actually your testes are okay and you have this beautiful daughter, like, you know, that's wonderful. Thank you for sharing that.
2: Yes, Steve. Thank you so, so much.
1: Our next caller is someone named Melinda. I love your podcast. This is Melinda in uh, Seattle,
4: Washington. And I was just listening to your podcast about Um, uh, plantar fasciitis and I did have that and was also a tennis player and was in the middle of a match and at the time I wasn't necessarily having issues with plantar fasciitis at that time but my calves were really tight and I didn't um, stretch properly prior to my match and all of a sudden uh, in the middle of the match uh, I felt this huge pop and um, I heard it too and literally could not use my foot. My foot was like a a uh, wow. jelly, uh, just a jellyfish. It was just wouldn't wouldn't work. Couldn't wow. put weight on it, nothing. And got to emergency um, to the emergency room. And they kind of put a temporary um, boot on until I could see a podiatrist the next day. And sure enough, I had a ruptured plantar fascia, which is almost it's basically worse than breaking your foot. It was took wow. six months of physical therapy. I couldn't use my foot for um, months. I couldn't put weight on it. Um, It wasn't even like I could limp on it. It was just useless completely. So it was a really, really bad injury. So with um, thinking about plantar fascia, I didn't even think, I guess it's kind of rare to have it rupture, but it was a complete rupture all the way across. So very bad injury. So it's important to stretch Mm -hmm. and um you know really take care of your feet because now Mm -hmm. um even though i've healed um i'll probably never be quite the same Mm. um i just really have to watch that foot i'm not playing tennis anymore so Mm
5: -hmm.
4: that not career um is over so um anyway uh i hope this helps and i love your podcast
1: wow melinda thank you so much for calling in to share this experience and Uh bring attention to this, you know?
2: Yeah, you hear plantar fasciitis uh, Mm -hmm. often, right? I've had it and so many people I know have had it. Sure,
1: I've had it too, yeah. Mm -hmm. But I've
2: never heard about a a rupture like this.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, you know, the plantar fascia, right? It's this thick, pearly white tissue that's on the bottom of your foot and it connects your heel to your toes and it spans your entire foot. Okay. And the fascia provides support. Um, So like when you extend your toes, the plantar fascia tightens like the shortening of a rope. Okay. And in a rupture, I mean, rupture is basically another term for tear. Okay. So the tissue just tears. And then, you know, it, as, as Melinda described, I mean, you, you just really, you can't really use your foot.
2: Right. Is, is the tissue like the, but it's not the whole width of your foot, is it? It's kind it, of is. Like, oh, it's, it, it is. kind Oh, it is. It
1: spans your entire foot. It's okay. super thick and it kind of connects the heel bone to like all five of your toes.
2: And if you get plantar fasciitis, which I believe I've had myself. Yeah. Anywhere on that tissue from sort of top, you know, from heel to toe, you can get tears or strains.
1: So plantar fasciitis fasciitis is inflammation of the fascia. Okay. So there's no tearing. It's just inflamed, which is why, you know, if you stretch, um, you know, and you wear shoes with good support, you know, it'll eventually, the inflammation will go down and the plantar fasciitis will go away. Okay. But when it's torn, then you need like surgical repair and you need physical therapy and um, all sorts of, I mean, it's like a big deal, you know, yeah. it took Melinda like six months Crazy. and yeah, you know, plantar fasciitis is already so painful
2: yeah.
1: and to, to tear that. I mean, it's just, yeah, that's, that's a lot, Melinda. But you know, because you're calling in, you're you're bringing attention that you know there are things you can do, right? Like stretching your foot out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can wear like a night splint to keep your foot extended properly. Like, so there's all sorts of things you can do, and and you know, th- so I appreciate the yeah. call. And so the yeah. big ta-
2: the big takeaway is, if you have any kind of irritation down there, plantar fasciitis, do not take it lightly. Don't push yeah. too hard.
1: It's also just really uncomfortable, you know right. that feeling when you get up first thing in the morning and the first step you take and you're like, "ow," you know. Yeah. I, I I remember that when when I would get that, it was so painful. Yeah. But there's
2: a lot you can do to treat that without it ever getting to what happened to Melinda, which is important.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So. Yeah, yeah, thank you, Melinda, for that call. We love hearing your calls, folks. The number to leave us a message is one three, two three five two nine six zero three one. Please keep sharing your stories with us.
2: Yes, please, please, please love those calls. Thank you, Steve and Melinda. Let's get to our guest. Our guest today. Is an actor and writer you probably know him from the hilarious Mad TV, Happy Gilmore, or Three Stooges. He was also my co star in the movie Inside Game about the 2007 NBA betting scandal. More recently you can catch him in the Apple TV plus series Alcapoco or the Hulu series History of the World Part Two. It is the unbelievably incredible Will Sasso. Hello,
1: Will. Well. Welcome hey. to the show. Cheers.
2: <laughs> Thanks for having me.
5: Hello. I am
1: such a huge fan. I am such oh. a huge fan. I remember watching you in mad TV. I thought you were my favorite person on Mad TV. I just I'm such a huge fan. So excited to meet
5: you. Oh, cheers. That's very kind of you to say. Hello. Yeah. And hey, Scott, how you hey, doing, pal,
2: buddy? It's so good to see you again. Good to see you, man. I know it's been a hot minute. Yeah, yeah. So we worked. What is it? Two, three? Is it? Could it be three years it, ago now? We was, worked on that um, game.
5: It was 2018. So you know, factor in pandemic years, and on uh, 34
2: years ago. 34 years ago. <laughs> yeah, you've held up really nicely. Thank you. Likewise. <laughs> it's a lifestyle. That was a really fun, a fun little shoot. And you played uh, Baba Batinsky, the bookie. Uh, how was it? Yeah. How was that experience for you? How is working oh with God. me is what I really uh,
5: mean. Yeah, working,
1: that's the real question here. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I essentially uh, tethered
5: my performance to yours. To your own demise, Tommy Tommy, yes. uh, now now I'm going to go up on the name. Was it Martino. Martino? Yes. Tommy Martino, who whom we know, who's a real guy. Yeah, yeah, great guy. For your audience listening, uh, Scott and I made a movie about the NBA betting scandal of the yep. late 2000s mm. and uh, – What a, what a gas. Go see it. Inside game. Inside uh, game.
2: We had a great time.
5: We have about as much fun as it looks like we're having, which is a lot. (laughs) a lot. (laughs) lot. It was a great, great shoot.
2: So what to ask you, so you're, uh, you have a podcast of your own now, Doody, that you co-host with uh, your buddy Chad. So it's a media experiment. So the entire podcast is run by AI, by artificial intelligence. That's right. How does that work?
5: Well, there's this um there's this AI called Dudesy, who okay. I call my pal D. We've been together for a year now making this podcast. And essentially the the technology sort of aggregates all of our I, I would say our online persona via having passwords to all of our text messages, emails, <laughs> purchase histories, search <laughs> histories. Oh wow. It knows absolutely everything about wow. us and is essentially oh, wow. curating a podcast for these two hosts who chad and i have known each other for 20 years we're buddies we both did a podcast together before we're both in the entertainment industry so it's like trying to learn podcasting while making a podcast which it guarantees is better every episode as it goes wow and it's a very weird thing so it's so it does stuff like you know like yeah this is in the news and hey will you do your silly hulk hogan impersonation do you know (laughs) this is infomania let me tell you something about the news dude or whatever Right. Um, so it's it's very silly. It's a comedy show, and uh, right, yeah, AI driven.
1: I'm so curious. Will was that uh, you know giving up all your personal information like your passwords, your your text messages? Like, was there any hesitancy for you to like give up that kind of privacy?
2: Yes. <laughs>
3: <Okay>. <laughs> um, uh,
2: has has the AI ever kind of like
3: tipped gone out anything? Far? Gone too
2: far? <laughs> oh yeah
5: a good handful of times um you know my my buddy chad who's a who's a writer uh he has written a lot of stuff about the future about technology uh and how it's (laughs) affecting our future so he was all about it and i took a little bit of um talking into for me to be into it Uh but once you realize your information uh pertinent information or information rather that you think is pertinent it's already out there anyway, and it's just getting out there right. more and more. Yeah. I was kind of like, whatever. And we have, mm-hmm. we know, we know where the technology stops and starts, although it is a broad reach. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, I'll say that it's like, you know, it's not doing any sort of identity theft or uh, you know, <laughs> right, right. taking advantage of <laughs> banking information yet, right? Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. It's been okay so far. <laughs>
1: So I'm curious, you know, because so much of, of doing a podcast involves generally like preparing for the content, like thinking about what you're going to say, how you're going to say it. And if the AI it kind of is doing that job for you, what are you really showing up with? Like, what do you have to really think about when you show up and you actually record?
5: Nothing. <laughs> it's the greatest Nothing. job ever. <laughs> yeah. Right. So <laughs> you just it's, focus
1: it's, on being really. Well, yeah. I mean...
5: You know, I kind of feel like well I, I always say on the on the show that uh any good podcast is just, you know, it always amounts to two dudes shitting around. It's always dudes. <laughs> right. Too. That's it's basically
1: always, what we have going on here too. Right. The two dudes and and, shitting and around. even
5: if you're even if your podcast is, is uh, you know, three women, it's still just it's it should it's just looked at the genre itself is like what is it, two guys yeah, talking yeah, about? Yeah. yeah, it's two it's two dudes. It's two dudes. So
1: Oh my you goodness. know,
5: I want to do that anyway. I just want to, you know, goof around and crack wise with Chad and, um, the, any sort of, you know, he, he, Chad's got sort of a dry sense of humor. Uh, I, I like to fall out of my chair and make silly noises. No, that's not true. But, um, <laughs> but the, the cool thing about it is, you know, we know that there's usually four segments a show. Um, sometimes there's assignments like it said, go see that Super Mario Brothers movie this uh-huh. week. So we know next week we're going to talk about it. Or it'll right. say, you're going to watch this or listen to that on your Patreon, and next week you're going to talk about it or whatever.
1: Oh, interesting. So there's some
5: things we know, but the things that we don't are like, there's some there's some reoccurring bits, and then it's just literally like, this is happening. Talk about yeah. this. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know? Yeah. yeah. It's amazing. It's so interesting. With, with
2: shreds of your own personal lives in- interspersed throughout all of it. And it's also pilfering our folders and stuff. Like
5: it's going into our hard drives and saying <laughs> like Chad wrote a movie called Pizza the Movie that he tried to like <laughs> launch with like with like Papa John's like you order a pizza and there's like a there's like a QR code and you get to watch. Anyway. So oh God. He, he wrote this he he's written this entire movie and and you know it never got made. So dudezy is having us literally read the movie about three scenes at a time. <laughs> Been doing that for a year, every few weeks. <laughs> oh, that's um, so great. Or it'll say, you know, like, Will, you tried to write a book, you know? And uh, so it'll just go like, read this. And I'm reading these really embarrassing things from this book. And Yeah. Uh, you know, it is it, it is the kind of stuff that Chad and I would have each other do anyway. So, right. Yeah, it's, it's, it's so cool. fun. It does know our sense of humor. And, so it, interesting. and it also writes stuff and says things right and 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 goes like well here's a funny bit like we have a thing where it's like adam sandler has visited every applebee's and has made you know uh notes on every visit and blah 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 (laughs) so so it's like yeah i did chicken tenders and blah blah oh they were delicious buddy and you know
2: reading reviews of applebee's as adam sandler anyway i love it it's crazy it's i love it i love really it really
1: important content
2: <laughs> yes uh, and so one of the the most recent things you did um the apple uh, tv plus series acapulco mm.
1: um
2: about a guy maximo who bites off more than he can chew when working at acapulco's hottest resort you play his bodyguard uh the yes the the um so there's
5: maximo is in the 1980s the show follows him as he's you know he's He lives in Acapulco in this massive resort, moves into town, he gets a job, it changes his life, it's very colorful, it's very 80s, and it's sort of this coming-of-age thing. Cut to uh, present day, and Eugenio Derbez plays Maximo in the the present time, and he's sort of narrating the piece as we go, and, um, you know, telling the stories to his nephew about the good old days in the 80s, and I'm, yeah, like his right-hand man, bodyguard, travel guy, who's sort of disinterested, and I'm not very good at my job, and um Mm. so yeah like you know we go down to shoot it in Puerto Vallarta and 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 I barely show up you know what I
3: mean (laughs) it's just
5: it's a a great role it's a lot like dudesy I get there they tell me what to say how how is (laughs) how is shooting in Puerto Vallarta it's great the crew the crew is you know 95 percent Mexican yeah Mm -hmm. great crew they're mostly from Mexico City you know Mm -hmm. where I mean you know the shooting in Puerto Vallarta is a gas for everybody but yeah they're all from you know from from the city right like they're all yeah. coming mm-hmm. out from from all the stuff that they're doing uh right. doing out there in the industry there and it's uh it's great the crews great the 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 you know the 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 producers and stuff a couple of whom I've worked with before it's and the cast is very sweet they've got this you know they take over a hotel for you know a couple of mo- 2 3 yeah. months right so it's like and then they shoot these wraparounds that we do at the end. Um, they shoot those uh, at the very end. So the, the, I did it last year, and you show up, and it's like everyone's in the best mood, and they're all tanned and stuff. Right, yeah. you right. Get <laughs> hanging out. And then you got to go off and shoot a couple scenes, whatever. Yeah, it's not amazing. a bad gig. Yeah, not it sounds bad like a
1: great gig. Yeah.
5: And then you rent a, an ATV and just keep it at the hotel, and then yeah. just bomb <laughs> out just at midnight, you know, just. Where's Sasso? I don't know. And he's <laughs> he's in he's the down the
2: coastline to the predator set. I love it. <laughs> um, well, dude, you're you're like one of the most talented, hilarious people working. In. Yeah, I just I love you and everything you do. And uh, that's very that's The last nice thing I'm going to say about you. Okay, so we should. Uh,
1: <laughs> let's we, get to the medicine. Yeah, yeah. let's chat about. Um, yeah, so so tell us about kind of what you were going to share about um, your story. Super well, curious. Hypochondriac,
5: so you know, I don't know if most of your guests have have sort of uh, you know talked about. Oh, I'm really worried about this. I'm I'm being sometimes, a hypochondriac.
1: Sometimes you get that. Yeah.
5: This is the opposite to that. I ignored yeah. a medical thing, and I've you know a lot of uh-huh. people like to do that. It's the cool thing to do. But I had a, um, this is over 20 years ago, I had a filling pop out yeah, and whatever, pretty normal. Um, And then there was like a nerve and I was like, okay, now I'm going to, you know, after probably a couple of months of a exposed hole in my Uh head, I then was like, maybe I should see a dentist. The problem was I was visiting family in my uh, native Vancouver, Canada. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. and uh, it was Canada Day, and all the dentists were closed, and it was literally, you know, it was just numbing pain. It was like yeah. n- mm. an exposed nerve. Wow. So a dentist was nice enough to open his practice, and uh, my doctor back here in L.A. surmised that the equipment may not have been cleaned properly uh-uh. uh, because mm, he was just— Interesting. He, he came out and opened his practice. So about a week and a half, two weeks later, I'm back in L.A., and I'm having laborious breathing. Okay. Uh, the last couple of days of it, I was only awake for like, I mean, this is alarming. 10, 12 hours, and then I had to go to sleep.
1: Oh, oh wow. wow. Okay. So From you were like fatigued and short of breath. And, From the pain. Yeah. And just to be clear, were you having sort of like chest pain or what was going on exactly?
5: I couldn't feel any chest pain. I was just tired. Hmm. Yeah. And like laborious and just kind of achy a little bit. Uh huh. Was the tooth th- itself hurting or no? No, that was patched up. Okay. And, and, uh, what had happened was, you know, as, you know, these blood vessels are very connected to, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to sound like a really smart guy here, the rest of our bodies. <laughs>
1: wow. Wow. Right. I
5: mean Priyanka, you did not expect this level I of know. Yeah, yeah. I can
1: leave now. Wow. Yeah. wow.
5: I know wow. normally um, you have to steer the guests <laughs> to the right way and say, no, that's not the medical term. Right. But <laughs> incredible. I've seen um, yeah, I've watched okay. a lot so, of Chicago Hope. So connected to the rest of the body. Go on. Yes. Yeah. You know the song. The 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 tooth bones connected to the rest of the body. Body
1: bone. <laughs> body <Yes>. bone. <laughs> <laughs> um, so
5: so so I went to my doctor. And he was like, oh, you, you, yeah, you, you, it seems like something happened. You, you know, there's been some sort of heart issue at first. We thought like maybe I had an heart attack or something. Mm-hmm. And Did uh, he do
1: we, like an EKG or did he listen to your heart?
5: He didn't do an EKG. He, well, he was listening to my heart and then he did an x-ray and that's oh. where we discovered that it was pericarditis.
1: Pericarditis, yeah
2: pericarditis what is
1: yeah so per just to for the listeners and for scott so pericarditis is inflammation of the pericardium which is this tissue that forms a sac around your heart that protects your heart and it keeps your heart from rubbing against other organs next to it okay and pericarditis is when this sac of this tissue around the heart gets inflamed and there's a laundry list of things that can cause that. But infection is one thing that can cause that. And okay. you had just had a filling issue that came out and that, you know, dental health is very closely connected to heart health. Yes. Um, so, you know, it, it, the story checks out that maybe the filling got infected or, or there was some issue and that then led to an infection of your pericardium, which, you know, it can be very painful,
2: I have a question, Will. So it's funny because I feel like I relate both to the hypochondriac, which I discovered I'm way more of than I ever thought, <laughs> but also the the opposite. Also the like, unless, you know, blood is falling out of my eyeballs, I don't necessarily need a doctor. So the first thing happened and it was the pain, right, that got you. It wasn't the hole in your tooth. It was the It was the pain that made you go, I need to go see somebody. In this second instance... What was going on that was significant enough that made you go, Oh, I'm not just tired. I yeah. need a doctor. A friend of mine was just like, You gotta you you're going
5: to the doctor. Like you're cause, oh, really? cause found out that I was like, Yeah, I gotta go to sleep. Well, I thought you were like like, didn't you go to sleep super early yesterday and blah blah blah. Oh wow. Uh, okay. Yeah, that's they, a good
1: friend that, yeah, knows, yeah, they that clearly saved my knew life. you. Yeah. I mean, that's really awesome that they kind of said that and you know yeah. what's the what's interesting about pericarditis again inflammation of that sac around the heart generally if someone has pericarditis um they feel worse when they lie flat or when they're taking like a deep breath in did you have that kind of symptom where you felt more uncomfortable when you would lie flat or take a deep breath in
5: uh I, you know what i don't remember uh-huh. um I, I can't remember i can't remember if i was in more pain laying down or we're gonna or- need you to remember will
2: Okay, hold on. Let me go.
5: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, very painful. (laughs) I can feel it now. The sense memory from my body bone.
1: The kind of classic presentation is someone has chest pain. If they have... The chest pain feels better when they lean forward and bend forward. They have to sit up and bend forward to get into a comfortable position. That's kind of also a classic pericarditis story as well.
5: I seem to remember moving hurt you know what i mean yeah look i I was being a you know i was trying to be a tough jerk about it so when i got to the the doctor and he took the x-ray and was like oh he literally was like okay let's go you're he's over in you know over there in the west side or whatever so he's like you're gonna the Cedars. like let's go let's get you to cedar sinai wow and i was like uh he wanted to you know call an ambulance and i was like "No, no, no no i'll drive and he's He's still my doctor. He's a wonderful guy. He mm-hmm. did trust me with drugs. <laughs> like,
0: oh, you did drive you yourself?
5: Know. Yeah. Uh, he, you know, d- yes. Yeah, st- go, go straight there. You know, don't, uh, don't stop at Pink's hot dogs. Uh, <laughs>
1: right. <I'm joking. laughs> but, well, what's yeah. interesting about what you're saying is that if the chest X-ray actually showed, you know, most chest X-rays in people with pericarditis are usually normal, but if the pericardium is so inflamed that it actually creates some liquid buildup behind the sac, then you'll see it on chest x-ray. And that generally is a sign that, you know, there's probably, it's called an effusion. That means there's probably a lot of fluid um, under the pericardium, which means that you had probably waited quite a while until it was quite significant. So the question I have for you is like, do you have a really high pain threshold?
5: I mean, again, being like a, like a, trying to be like a, a tough dude about it yeah i i guess yeah. so i mean because yeah there was a couple inches of fluid wow. well he said my heart looked like a football so and and that right. wasn't the heart it was the pericardium so right yeah yeah i was really, really i was toughing it out and and uh <laughs> they got me over there and then the cardiologist came and and confirmed everything and um yeah, it was, there was, there was all this fluid and, you know, mucus and, and just the infection for yes. uh, So I spent a couple of days, I think two or
2: three days in the ICU.
5: Well, um, right.
1: Yeah. yeah.
2: You did. Did he tell, did he tell you before you went over there when he was like, okay, you're going, you're, you're going to Cedars. Did he say what was going to happen to you there? Did he kind nope. of explain anything? He just said, we're going there. And then the next thing is happening. We'll figure it out. Yeah. Figure it out. Okay. Yeah. Well,
1: you know, what's important about this story is that, you know, if you had that much fluid under your pericardium, it's called a pericardial effusion. What generally needs to happen is they need to remove the fluid. It's a procedure. It's called a pericardiocentesis, which basically is the medical term for draining the fluid. They take a giant needle and stick it in your heart and they drain the fluid out. So is that what, what they did to you?
5: you you're bringing it all back to me it's really interesting because i remember (laughs) (laughs) that's what happens here they told me exactly that they said there's a big ass needle that's going to go into you and you know and they had this conversation between my doctor and the you know the the cedars guy and and my cardiologist and i was i was much younger i was in my mid-20s so it was like my cardiologist was like no he's young he can stave off the infection and there was a day, this is like a week and a half later, once I uh-huh. was in the, you know, general whatever population, in the, the hospital or whatever, they were like, let's see, let's let's continue with the antibiotics and we'll see. And there was a day where it was like, if he doesn't come down by tomorrow right. morning, we'll do it. And the next morning I woke up and had sweat through the, you know, the little mattress, the bed. Wow. And... There was like a puddle on the on the ground. I remember. I remember later when I got up to actually see it, and um, my doctor was sitting at the foot of the bed. It was like you know, six or seven in the morning. He's reading a book.
1: And, really? Uh, what?
5: I, I'll never forget. Like I woke up like you know, like like a thousand sleeps. You know, felt yeah way better. And he's like, "Good morning, how are you?" And that's a very good impersonation of my doctor, by the way. Good morning. Um. Uh, you'll be fine. Just, you know, you got to stay in the gym. You got to stay in there for really? at least now you an hour, hour and a half. Okay. Again. And
1: then he went back to his Nancy Drew novel or whatever. Yeah. And then he went back yeah. to, yeah, Hardy
5: Boys. So, um, but yeah, so it, it, it subsided and I'm very fortunate because, uh, and, and, and you tell me, but from what I remember, if they go in to do the, uh, you know, the big needle. Uh-huh. There's also a chance that there could be infection there yeah, spreading yeah. through other organs right Earth.
1: exactly yeah
5: so so it was the it was the better call uh, and I felt so fortunate but at one point it was pretty touch and go. I had to wow. like my my parents you know I have I have a, a older brother older sister and we have a we had sort of an unspoken pact years ago it was like we don't really tell our parents, anything you know mm-hmm. what i mean like mm-hmm. we just don't really want to worry them about sure. anything at all uh, my folks are super sweet and they're like they're italian immigrants and there's like oh it's like a we like to keep them in the dark i guess is my yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, they're just they're there's they're sweeties and it's like you you can't you know my italian worried mom you know what i mean right. it's like right, right. i have parditis and i'm uh right. I, yes i see i'm in the icu, you know, and in the ICU and, uh, yeah they're just gonna freak out and then uh so we had, we we were like, okay, I'm clearly not telling my folks anything. Wow. <laughs> but I remember, uh, you know, calling my my uh, my older brother and uh, telling him everything, and and my breath was so labored that I was like, hey, listen, I got to tell you about. He's like, hurry up, what's your problem? I gotta go. <laughs> oh my <laughs> god. Um, so there was a, there was a point where they were like you might want to let some people know what's going on right right and then from there i was i was um i remember this is this is so weird and it's and i'm not you know i'm not trying to make light of it at all this is absolutely
1: absolutely right what happened
5: but yeah i i uh i was doing the old the the sketch program mad tv there and and it was the summer of 2001, and I was just about to go back for my last season. And there was like a Television Critics Association event or some some TCA thing, and the whole cast was there, and uh-huh. and word had spread. Although I didn't, a couple of friends told a couple of friends that worked there and stuff, and so there was a rumor going around that I was already kind of on my way, way out. out?
1: Oh, like yeah. you were already oh, gonna Lord. die, kind of thing, or so oh, wow. I got.
5: Like in the last couple of days of the hospital, I got like flowers with very weird cards. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I
2: mean? Oh, Lord, it was. But, but when you it say- was so weird. <laughs> but when, but but you you say it, it, it was touch and go. I had a couple of questions. First of all, the this the parent pact, which I totally understand. But there, there were no kind of uh, fail-safes built into that, no limitations to say, okay, well, if it's, you know, if we right. can't say three words in a row, mom and dad have to know kind of thing. Right. Uh, that In hindsight, that would have been a good uh, rule of thumb, <laughs> Scott.
0: Uh,
5: you know, what we, I, I, I guess sort of the the, I guess if you look into the unspoken pact, if you really look into the fine print of it, I think if. If my brother or sister can like load my folks up and like head down to LA, it needs yeah. to be a scenario that would warrant that. So, you got yeah, it. yeah. But I, I was like, don't worry, it's fine. And that was enough for him. He was like, okay, <laughs> I'll talk to you later. Um <laughs> And uh, it's funny. And, yeah, it was It was just, uh, you know, I don't know, to be young, to be in your mid 20s and be like, I know, oh, I'm going to be full. Right. And then right. be, uh, that there was a um, that that party that was happening, this television critics thing. So words started getting around, and then uh, before that, like I got these, like I said, little cards from like the network, you know. Oh and, my right, goodness! It's like weird, not people, like just entities that I work with. <laughs> yeah. And then, um, so my good friend Alex Borstein, who was on the show, she was at the Television Critics Association with with her parents, and. She brought them, and they just drove out to Cedars,
2: uh-huh. and they oh, wow.
5: and they told me that that oh you have a visitor and it was fine. And I was like oh okay, and so I I pulled off all the the you know the what of those things <laughs> the, the, the little monitors, electrical things, monitoring electrical things. devices, yeah. yeah, so that I could be flatlining when they walked in. Oh, <laughs> um, oh my god, She didn't buy it at all, like because also I was like. Make it a face, <laughs> you know, like like cartoon uh, debt face, but literally flatlining and then right. nurses running. And, what are you doing? Oh, you, know, <laughs> you you code like,
2: blueed yourself
5: for a oh gag. That is
2: so you. That's
5: but perfect. Wow. It's perfection.
2: In, in, when I was in the ICU,
5: I had an IV in each arm, mm-hmm. and uh, I remember I was ringing the bell because I was, and this is again, this is going to sound like a joke, but I was like, I'm here, I'm in the ICU. There should be all you can eat pudding, right? Uh where's my where's my, my pudding? pudding?
3: Where's, where's my, my pudding? pudding?
5: Yes. So I was like it's been a while I would like a snack. Uh yes. And so I was ringing the bell and no one came. So I, which is fine with me. So I I essentially like I had to do like an undertaker sit up, you know, like <laughs> with the two things and like got up and like shimmied to the end of the bed oh and walked God. out and like went out into the hallway,
1: and oh my god.
5: but I was still very Canadian about it. I was like, "Excuse me, hi." Right. I was just wondering, with two, like, man, is there any way I could get some? Do you guys was it butterscotch or chocolate?" Butter? I'm like, "What are you doing? What are you doing out here? Get back in oh there!" Oh my you know?
1: god, that is so funny.
5: So I give uh, five stars to the staff at uh, Cedar Sinai at
1: Cedars. It certainly sounds like you were having fun given the, the circumstances. And well, let's, okay, uh, yeah. let's, uh, let's continue to have fun. How about time for Dr. Wally's Hall of Fame? We're now going to play the game. You're each going to get three questions. And if you don't know the answers, take a guess because I'll give possible points for creativity. Scott, you're up first with the first three questions. Are you ready? Let's roll. Okay, question one. What was the first human organ to be successfully transplanted into another human being?
2: Um, Which organ? Yeah, which organ? I am going to go, heart seems uh, like it might have not come first because it's so complicated. I'm going to go with, um, I'm going to go with kidney.
1: That is correct. Yes, that's correct. It was kidney in 1954 and it was performed on identical twins. Uh, a brother gave his other brother his kidney because his brother had chronic kidney failure. So they were 23.
2: I should interject. My my uh, At one point, my mom had a friend who was dealing with a liver issue and, uh-huh. uh, and my younger brother, who's, you know, one of my favorite human beings. At that point in his life, not the sharpest tool in the shed, was like, He's... I wish I could give him one of my... Lippers. Oh, and my mom wow. was like, that's sweet. Maybe you can also give him one of your noses. Oh. Yeah. We only got <laughs> one know, of those.
1: We actually interviewed someone on the show who was the first live liver transplant donor like oh. in the United States. So that was a really cool interview. Um, second question. It is often regarded as one of the best video games of its generation. What gaming platform did GoldenEye 007 debut on? <gasps> The platform.
2: I'm going to say, um, uh, oh gosh, I'm going to date myself. I'm going to say Atari.
1: <laughs> that is incorrect. The answer is Nintendo 64, Nintendo but very, very 64. good guess. I love that. Okay. Third question in the movie inside game. Okay. Now we're talking. What does your girlfriend in the film duct tape to your body?
2: Uh, Cold, hard, American
1: cash. Cash, that's correct. So uh, you got two two out of the three questions. So two points for you, Scott. Okay, Will, are you ready? Yes. Okay, how many layers does the skin have?
5: Uh, I don't know the answer, so I'm going to base it on uh, uh, my favorite bean dip and say seven. <laughs>
1: give you creativity points. That is not the correct answer, but I'll give you a half point for creativity. The answer okay. is three. There's three layers of skin. There's the epidermis, which is the top layer, then the dermis, which is the middle layer, and then the hypodermis, which is actually the fatty layer.
5: Oh, mm. okay. Three dermis. It seems is- like enough. Yeah, yeah, that's plenty of <laughs> that's dermis. That's better than seven.
1: Okay, second <laughs> question. That's a lot of dermis. Question. That's right, Scott. That's a lot of dermis. <laughs> Second question. Who is the Sesame Street star who was tickled with laughter and became the Christmas 1996 must-have toy? Elmo. Yes, that is correct. Elmo is correct. Okay, third question. In the film Inside Game, where does your character meet with Tim and Tommy for the first time?
3: Uh, it,
5: it was, uh, I believe it's a uh, the lobby of a Hyatt.
1: Yeah, that's exact. It's an airport hotel lounge. Yeah, I'll give it. Yeah, that's correct. So, uh, you know what? You got two and a half points because you got a creative point for the seven-layer bean dip skin comment. Style points. Will, you are the winner of Dr. (laughs) Dr. Wally's Hall of Fame. Very well deserved.
2: Congratulations! Would gracious hosts.
1: Thank you so much. Thank you also, Will, for just coming on the show to share about your story of pericarditis. Which, you know, I just want to say, medically, you're very fortunate. You know, you didn't need the pericardiocentesis. You walked out of there. You know, it's, it's just such a gift and, and I'm so glad that you were okay and you can continue to share your wonderful gifts with the world.
5: Cheers. That's very kind of you to say. I am, I am, I am very fortunate. It's something that over the years as, as I think about it, and I haven't thought about it for a while up until, you know, being asked to do the podcast, it is something that when I do think about it, I go, oof, that was, that was tough. So yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Knock on wood. Very, very fortunate. Yeah, Yeah. so, 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 so so good to get to visit with you again, my friend. Cheers, Um, brother. Awesome to see you, man. Thank you for sharing that story. I think a lot of people learn a lot and take a lot away from it. And I think that's the kind of story that can help people moving forward because a lot of people are going to deal with something like that or that itself and maybe would have no other way of understanding what it was. So
1: yeah, um, Yeah. don't Don't
2: be a tough guy. Yeah, don't be a tough guy. That's one of the takeaways. That's a a really good message. Yeah,
5: Yeah. absolutely. But, But be a tough guy.
1: Thank uh, you, You're Will. awesome,
5: Will. Thank you so much,
2: Thank guys. you so much. You're
5: awesome.
1: Cheers. Take care, man. Bye. Thanks. What an absolute sweetheart. Didn't My I tell gosh. you? I love Lovely. talking to him. And he's so, so funny, great. too. My goodness.
2: He's hilarious. He's super duper smart. He's just, um, he's the whole package.
1: Oh, yes. It's so cool that you got to work with him too.
2: I loved it. I loved, uh, you know, on camera with him was incredible. Off camera was incredible. You know, he's the he's the kind of artist and actor who he just will surprise himself and surprise yeah. everybody on set with a, a given performance or or you know a moment that just comes out of nowhere. And um,
1: yeah,
2: he's just lovely to be around.
1: And I totally get the whole like not telling your parents so that they don't get worried thing. You know, um, I don't know if I've shared this earlier on the show, but I definitely haven't told you. I was in Hawaii during the ballistic missile false alarm. Do you remember when that happened? And for 38 minutes, I totally thought like it was over. And I I definitely did not call my parents because I was like, I cannot like put them through this, I, the right. the stress of it. And I'm glad I didn't because it ended up being a false alarm. And right. that w- they, they would have been completely just, it, you know, totally distressed for oh, 38 yeah. minutes. So,
2: But that must have been a hard call because you also want to. Connect well, and,
1: at the time, I was so focused on like I am not dying on Hawaii this way, and yeah. so I was like brainstorming alternatives to like figure out how to escape or like figure out things. I was so focused on survival, but I also like was like I can't call mom and dad and be like this is what's up, you right. know. it's just yeah. So I totally get what he was referring to, you know. A hundred
2: percent, and then yeah. But and and I guess that does bring up that kind of crazy zone, which I asked about, which is like you know, at some point, it feels like, you know, depending on the situation and the circumstances, at some point, you know, you do have to kind of fold in the people that are closest to you, but but definitely right. not before you know that it's absolutely necessary, right?
1: Exactly. Well, listen, Scott, if anything happens to me, I'll definitely call you. You'll be the first person that I'll call.
2: <laughs> I, you can worry me unnecessarily <laughs> if that makes you, unburdens you, because yes. then you don't have to take the people that are, you know, your family and your parents (laughs) and and burden them unnecessarily. I will hold that for you.
1: And vice versa. I want you to call me if you're worried about anything as well. I will.
2: And that's an incredible, I just, I I do find though that the opportunity for people to kind of come here and, you know, through your expertise, get a chance to not just revisit, um, you know, for the sake of uh, of itself, but, you know, I, I really think, you know, Will goes away from this and- you know, the the lessons from that all are Absolutely. just kind of born again and, and, yes. and, and sort of gives him a chance to reconsider what it yes. all meant and what it all means to him now. So what a gift that is.
1: Yeah, I loved what he said, like, don't be a tough guy. There's no need to tough it out, you know? If you feel something... Um, say something or do something. You know, our feelings there, there's a reason our body sends us signals, right? That something's yeah. not in balance. So yeah. Yeah,
2: like we said earlier, feel your feelings and tell feel somebody your about it.
1: And tell somebody about it. Yes.
2: Thanks to Will. Thanks to our callers for calling in.
1: Yes, Steve and Melinda.
2: Thank you so much. And in the meantime, don't worry, be healthy.
1: Bye. <laughs>
0: Hypochondria Actor is a Hazy Mills production hosted by me, Sean Hayes, and Dr. Priyanka Wally. Rebecca Eisenberg and Todd Milliner are our executive producers. Production and editing is by Rabbit Grin Productions. Original music by Scott Eisenogel and Leo Rosner. This is a Hazy Mills production. All content discussed on hypochondriac are the individual opinions of Dr. Priyanka Wally and Sean Hayes and should not be construed as personalized medical advice. By listening to this podcast, you agree not to use this podcast as medical advice to treat any medical condition in either yourself or others. Please consult your own physician for any medical issues that you may be having. This entire disclaimer also applies to any guests or contributors to the podcast.